The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, as I'm bringing you three to four shows per week filled with football knowledge that's going to help your team win your leagues this season. So you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, it's super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. What's up, everybody? The grind never stops on the Fantasy Authority feed. So if you're checking this out for the first time, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you found this podcast. Even though this particular podcast is like sands through an hourglass whittling down. There's only like a few left. But here's the thing. We're approaching the biggest draft weekend of the season so to miss any of these episodes is a critical error in the process. Kind of like a critical error by all scientists continuing to make super intelligent AI. What are we doing here, guys? Have we not seen how this turns out? You're telling me that robot that you're having do a parkour course isn't going to eventually kill me? I just saw Free Guy. Algorithms grow. We did it. Congratulations. Dial it back or dial in to this podcast serendipitous improv right there all right guys we have a team today that you might not be that excited about but you need to know the inside scoop overall and that's the houston texans a lot of people have deshaun watson questions those are all answered today we're also going to get clarity on that backfield and the wide receiver room and we've got a heavy hitter to do it i dialed up aaron reese you can find him at Aaron J. Reese on Twitter. He writes about the Houston Texans for The Athletic, and he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2021 Houston Texans. So what are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Reese. Hello, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? 
Good. Good talking to you. Thanks for joining me once again. Uh, I'm excited to chat with you about this Texans team for 2021. It's a team that's been a bit maligned by football talkers, but has given their fans some hope with two big preseason wins so far. Now, I know it's preseason, but what positives have you seen from this team in those games from the offensive side of the ball that could translate to fantasy points for us moving forward? Yeah, before you finish that question, I was going to say, like, I don't feel like the positives are like fantasy positives. They're like, you know, the defense has been good. They're forced a lot of turnovers I guess the positive and out of that outcome is that maybe they won't play from behind as often as I thought they would or was from such a big deficit and so they can maybe run the ball a little more more often you know part last year they were one of the past heaviest offenses in the league even in neutral situations but it became even more um, exaggerated because they were trailing a lot and they had someone who could really throw and, and Sean Watson you know this year obviously Tyra Taylor is not quite the same pocket passer so I think him just being in pure dropback situations it would not be a a uh, um, a very good thing for this team and you know I could hurt the production run around him and limit the running game but I think you know if the defense of turnaround is legit like and and they look a little bit better than they um than they were last season when they were the worst unit in the league so it can't be that hard uh if they're, if they're a little bit better then I think that could at least make the games kind of competitive and allow the Texans to continue to you know use the rushing offense and get all those many veteran running backs and carries and it sounds like the defense might be streamable I mean people use defense still in fantasy That's so true. uh That's- that's true. That's a good little nugget there. All right. A daily fantasy uh, situation, maybe. You know, they get a couple turnovers. Lovey Smith's defenses tend to get turnovers. There you go. DFS, stream of the week. Uh, I love it, Aaron. All right. Well, let's talk about this Texans team and the offense as a whole a bit next. Everyone's focused on one particular story, uh, which I'm afraid I will ask you about. But this is still a professional football team in the National Football League. And there are men on this team who are going to get points in our lineup. So we need the inside scoop for the offense. And it's got a new head coach and David Culley and an offensive coordinator in Tim Kelly and they're moving in a new direction from Bill O'Brien from what you've seen in camp what's this team going to look like in terms of scheme personnel tendencies anything that'll help gamers get a sense of this new era in Houston so Tim Kelly the offensive coordinator is going to call the plays second season in a row he's a holdover from the last staff like I said he had the past heaviest offense or one of the past heaviest offense in the league in terms of early down pass frequency uh in neutral situations but I think that had mostly to do with kind of who the personnel was on the team. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson was the only thing really about that team that um, kept him afloat or relatively afloat. So they put the ball in his hands. That's not going to be the way this team can win. Uh, I think Tim Kelly's smart enough to know that. I think he's going to adapt to the personnel. He has said that, you know, they were the last ranked rushing offense in the league by DVOA. He said they want to be a better rushing offense. Uh, he, You know, the way he's talked about it is that they need to just run the ball more, which, you know, I think everyone knows that doesn't mean more efficient. But from a fantasy standpoint, uh, that is a good thing, right? More, more, just more runs. So I think I think they will, uh, you know, they have these whole set of running backs, which I'm sure we'll get more into. But so I think they're planning to rotate take those guys a fair amount try to keep them fresh run the ball and rely on Tyra Taylor's legs to some degree to run the ball too uh you know it was kind of interesting I asked David Culley the other day about you know we haven't seen Tyrod run in preseason really are you just kind of withholding part of the the playbook and he kind of was like no you know uh it's an asset when it needs to be but uh and we have some of those plays in the playbook but it's kind of a a game plan thing which I don't I don't know what game plan thing means because I you know every game plan the best game plan for them probably is to let the guy use his legs but I guess that remains to be seen but long story short I think this team will try to run the ball more often than they did last year yeah we're handing the rock to uh, that cast of characters in the running back room who we will get to but let's start with the elephant in the room quarterback Deshaun Watson is embroiled in 
something. He's got something going on. He seems to have a lot going on, actually. I uh, actually don't care to get into it too much, but he did have one of his best seasons last year. He is at camp, and reports are he's played little, but he's been filmed a lot. He does not like that, though. I, I've seen that. Um, can you just give us a little glimpse of, of what it's like down there with the whole Watson situation, and do you have a sense of how this thing's going to play out? You know, I think if, if I knew how it would play out, I'd be in some other sort of business doing something else. I, uh, you know, it was it was kind of weird for a little while. I mean, it is, it's still weird, and the, the situation is very serious. The allegations are very serious. But, you know, in terms of the first couple of days, it felt super bizarre to see him out there practicing. Uh, I just didn't – I kind of – I think for so long, maybe just kind of assumed it would be not all, not like it would all be resolved, but at least the football end of it would be resolved by the time camp rolled around. And so to see him out there practicing and that, but not really participating team drills and, and, you know, running with like four, like fourth team on stuff was just kind of weird. But yeah, at this point, it's kind of, it, it just kind of is the expectation that he's working out on some side field and the team is doing their thing. And they talk as though he's, you know, not really part of the team. I, you know, I think part for a while, David Cully was trying to not answer it at all. And then finally, when he has come out, was a little more direct about what's going on with, with Watson or that he's not involved, but he's not injured. I think it kind of let the, the whole um, charade down and everyone could kind of just be honest that, you know, the guy's not going to participate for the team this year, that they talk about him like he's not going to be the quarterback. They talk about Tyrod Taylor like he's the quarterback. So Watson will be either, you know, um, either he'll be put on the exempt list or he'll be suspended or he'll be on the roster. You know, as far as far as I know, I mean, if he's not injured, he's not going on IR. So at least as of this moment, I would have to say he's just going to sit on the roster uh, as a healthy scratch, which is pretty hard to believe. Wow. So even if no disciplinary action from the NFL, uh, we probably won't see him out there uh, as a, a team decision. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the team decision kind of, I mean, this guy didn't want to play for the team anyway. Right. So like, I, you know, it's like, it's, it kind of cuts both ways. I, uh, um, I think it's just like, he's not going to play for them or does, there's no indication that they're planning on having him play for them. I mean, he's not, you know, practicing with the team. He's only participated in individual drills and uh, of, since the past week or so, I mean, he's just not even, he's, just been like on the side field with a trainer not even doing those so i there's no indication that he's like in the plan all right valuable insight there aaron thank you so much i think people are still kind of uh, in the dark on what's truly going on and i think they just got a lot of clarity so thank you quarterback tyrod taylor is on top of the depth chart you mentioned him already he seems like the de facto guy but has his play showed he is the qb that should be under center for this team you mentioned he hasn't done a lot with his legs but uh, what have you seen from tyrod so far in camp yeah i mean i mean he hasn't he hasn't done a ton with his legs you know so it's it's hard to evaluate kind of that dimension of, of the offense and what it would mean because obviously they're not going to hit him in practice or anything like that either you know I mean for a while I felt like there wasn't many uh deep balls uh he wasn't connecting with any deep balls uh we started to see a few more of those as camp has gone on but that kind of led me to wonder if he's really a good match with Brandon Cooks and that doesn't tend to hit or doesn't isn't very super accurate deep and then he has a reputation for not being able to see the middle of the field super well. I wrote something earlier in camp about how of the non-slot receivers or tight ends, Cooks had ran uh, crossing routes with the highest rate on the team last year. So something's got to give. They got to change kind of the way that they get him the ball. Uh, I think he will obviously still be the number one option for uh, Taylor because he's really the only you know certain above average receiver on on the team. But T- Taylor, he's even you know, he's looked fine. I you know I think you can trust him to be a, a fine starter. He's not going to be one of the top 20 starters in the league certainly and definitely not with this uh roster around him but he definitely is the best option of of their options i mean the other option is davis mills the rookie third round pick and maybe he will play at some point this season uh maybe we'll talk about that later but i he's not better than tyra taylor at least at the moment and so you know at least for now while you're still just trying to win games and you're zero and zero it makes sense for tyra taylor to be the quarterback 
Let's talk about Davis Mills for a sec. He actually had his fair amount of, I wouldn't say truthers, but he came in uh, through the draft process with people who were pretty positive on him. And then once he got picked by the Texans, people were not so hot on him. Not so much uh, as a fault to him, but feeling like he was entering a situation that uh, was not great for his development. Yeah. But let's cut both ways with that, though. I mean, is he someone that should be getting the, the pre-draft praise? And uh, is the team actually maybe doing more to help him out than originally thought? Uh, you know, I mean, I think he can he can make the throws. Uh, he, the one thing that's been encouraging about him is that he uh, uh, he does seem to kind of be noticeably better every week. You know, he threw a lot of picks first week of practice, uh, threw less of them the second week, didn't throw one in the second preseason game. Uh, he's pretty quick processor i mean he's getting rid of the ball pretty fast like 2.2 2.3 seconds normally and you know he's able to generate more chunk plays than tyra taylor has i mean giving he's played a lot more reps in the preseason but he's he has his moments where he looks like he could be okay i mean i, I don't think that you see it and you're like oh this guy's definitely a franchise quarterback or anything the tough thing is that you know if you evaluate him you feel if you feel if they decide they need to evaluate him this season before they maybe have a chance to pick a quarterback in the top five which is kind of my thinking and why i say he will play at some point this year i don't know if it's going to be the best of surroundings to really be able to say for sure whether the guy's good enough or not i mean this is certainly i don't think you'll be able to say definitively is a better option than you know anyone who might go in the top five or something but so I, it's not it's not a great setup for him like you mentioned but you know i think they'll give him a chance at some point and he probably could be okay as a starter i mean that the you know the likely outcome for a third round pick is okay as a starter would be a pretty good outcome absolutely and uh, i would love to see him uh, not fall flat on his face as uh, he did get the the hype at the ufc event uh, they they cut to him at the ufc really. in houston i would like to see him uh, not become uh, a laughing stock through no fault of his own um, all right, well, let's talk about the wide receiver room next uh, because you mentioned Brandon Cooks and maybe he's not connecting so much with Tyrod Taylor at the moment. He did have a 81 catch, 1100 yard and six touchdown year last year. Kind of business as usual for Brandon Cooks who has had a pretty good career and those are close to career mean numbers. He seems like the only wide receiver that fantasy gamers are willing to go out and draft, but there are some other interesting guys who could pop up with this regime change and a scenery change and Chris Connolly, Anthony Miller. I'm uh, letting Kiki QT zero out on all my dynasty teams there's also rookie nico collins who has a fair amount of people willing to put the iron in the fire and brand themselves as truthers on him how have these guys looked how do you see this room playing out into the field yeah so like i mentioned brandon uh brandon cooks you know i think he maybe is not a perfect uh match for tyrod in terms of just being able to stretch the field make things happen on crosses over the middle but you know at the end of the day he's he's far and away the best receiver on the team he will find a way to get his touches i think you know tim kelly wouldn't be doing his job if he couldn't find a way to kind of scheme him to get it get open and get his touches i so from just a pure volume perspective i think he probably could get close to those numbers again some combination of them trailing more than ever and not being a will fuller or randall cobb to eat into his targets i would probably if i was at, at this moment i probably would say maybe like a Kiki Kuti could be like second on the team in targets just because he plays in the slot and stuff. You know, that's, and again, the middle of the field thing maybe is, is going to be an issue, but I, I think that I just see him getting a lot of, uh, I could see him getting a lot of targets. Chris Conley is probably going to start opposite Brandon Cooks. And then I think Nico Collins uh, has been impressive as a rookie, but it probably just doesn't get the nod right away, but he will, he will be involved too. Uh, and then kind of, 
you know, depending on how deep you're going or whatever, the uh, um, a tight end, Jordan Akins has been, a, um, you know, been kind of a good yak guy for the past few years. Farrell Brown is replacing Darren Fells uh, as kind of the, the red zone guy and the, the main tight end on the field. So I think he could, I don't know if we get a ton of targets, but he could have a relatively high uh, share of touchdowns. So there's still hope for my Kiki Kuti breakout uh, year four, I think. We're leaving the light on for my boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the most, one of the most intriguing uh guys on the team and that if you just think about kind of the ups and downs of like all the people he's outlasted in the end uh to kind of despite being in Bill O'Brien's doghouse and now you know he's ending up on the other side of you know no you know Randall Cobb and that kind of opened the door for him they traded for Anthony Miller to be in competition with him and then Anthony Miller hurt his shoulder in uh preseason and probably start the season out so yeah it's I mean he's he's survived and look at him now he's still relatively young he came in at a very young age I just like to point that out he's he's good don't get me wrong he just he he has a fumble problem or he has had fumble problems uh they kind of had some issues with just like feeling like he uh you know knew everything he needed to know in certain situations but uh there's no denying he's very talented I also love that you mentioned the doghouse because that was his thing he was the doghouse guy absolutely Okay, well, moving on, you mentioned the tight ends. I mean, is there anything, are we going to have a fantasy relevant tight end? I, I know there's some hardcore Brevin Jordan talk out there who I actually liked a lot coming out of Miami. And then he went depressingly deep in the draft. So I don't know anymore. I don't know what's up and down. Are they going to have a fantasy relevant tight end in Houston? I think Brevin Jordan could be good. Um, I don't know if he'll be like fantasy relevant as a rookie. I think Farrell Brown will be the the main guy there. And then, uh, um, Jordan Aiken's kind of the guy that could split out wide or, you know, using backfield every now and then stuff like that, the wide tight end. But yeah, so I, I think the, those are probably the two main guys. Uh, neither of them probably are going to get a ton of targets necessarily. Uh, of the two, I would think Aiken's maybe a little more. He's more of a receiving threat than Brown. But Brown, like I said, might be any of the guy that gets more of that Darren Fells type, like seven touchdowns on like 35 targets type of deal. Um, and outside of them, I, I mean, there might be another tight end that makes the team, but not <laughs> that'll be relevant for fantasy purposes. Brevin Jordan is a mystery to me because I thought he was a for sure first or second rounder and he did he not I just think he's like he feel he looks like Jordan Higgins to me like similar sort of build similar sort of game uh which is a kind of one reason I'm like I, I don't know how much of you how useful he'll be as a rookie if they have Aikens there um too and stuff so we'll see next up is the running back room which is filled with a lot of guys from different teams and relevant in seasons past it's almost like a pilot for NTV's the challenge running backs edition but here we are with Philip Lindsay coming in from Denver Mark Ingram from Baltimore Rex Burkhead is there I think David Johnson's still around I think CT has a few carries in this camp but uh, it's another MTV challenge joke thank you very much who has stood out amongst these guys and do you suspect one of them to be the quote-unquote RB1 here or is it going to be true full committee for this room wasn't uh, uh the challenge what uh Mike the Miz was on correct yeah yes That's <laughs> the challenge. yeah I think uh I think Philip Lindsay will lead the team in carries and then Mark Ingram that would be the top two which is funny because that shows how much I know going into camp I kind of assumed one of those guys wouldn't make the team because neither of them play special teams and they doubled David Johnson's guarantees to restructure his contract and lower his cap it so I was like oh I guess you know and, and Jack and Jack Easterby the, who you know was very involved in kind of the original regime that traded for David Johnson and trade away DeAndre Hopkins is still around so it's like maybe they're kind of sticking 
sticking with David Johnson, still believe there's something there for him or whatever. But it looks like David Johnson basically is going to be the guy only on passing downs. And, you know, why he needs to take up $4 million on the cap, I think they could have maybe found someone else for that sort of role. But I, that, so the, the, the way they use the resources is not what I would have expected. But anyway, he's going to probably be the guy on passing downs. And then Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram are the top two. I think Ingram is more the short yardage goal line guy. So maybe some more touchdown potential out of him. What a fall from grace for David Johnson. It's such a bummer. He was such a fun player. All right, Aaron, we're going to get you out of here. I have one question left. It's actually a combo. I'm going to ask you if you have a bold fantasy prediction for this team, but is this offense worth having a bold prediction about? Do you feel like someone's going to stand out on this offense and have a, you know, a season worth rostering all year being a guy we're going to play in our lineup every week? I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I like, I guess Brandon cooks, but like, I don't think it, my take will be very bold. It's like, yeah, he'll probably find a way to produce another thousand yard season, but like, I don't, but I, uh, um, I mean, I think it's going to be one of the worst offenses in the football. Like I, you know, like it probably will. Uh, I don't, I don't see a, a path really where it isn't. I think the path for them to win is like that they have a better defense that benefits from some turnover volatility on that side. And then Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over on the other side and they're the oldest team in the league. So they know how to close out games and they win some close ones. People don't expect them to, but I know that's not really exciting you from a fantasy perspective. I just, I, I don't, I, I, that's kind of what I think. I mean, if I was to come up with any, if I was to come up with one, I guess it's that Philip Lindsay runs for a thousand yards. I love that though. That's uh, you know, I'm a Philip Lindsay guy. I like Philip Lindsay. I'd like to see him put up a thousand. We got a 17 game season to do it now yeah, too. Exactly. 17 <laughs> games. He could do it. Oh, I love it. Uh, what is it like for you, Aaron, with this team, uh, obviously going through so much transition as a reporter, you said it when we were talking, it's been a bit hectic. Yeah. I, you know, it's better to be hectic than, you know, nothing going on. Right. Like I think obviously the stuff with Watson is uh, um, really serious uh, and, you know, just had to treat that seriously. But, you know, I think even when when it comes to all the, the football stuff, like Texans fans interact with or uh, cannot be frustrated or, or checked out and stuff sometimes. And I can understand that. I, I think from my perspective, just doing it every day. So there's always something interesting, you know, the stuff is happening in front of you. There's only, you know, there's only 32 football teams. The, the things are, things are important. They're happening. People, there are people who care. And I think the big thing is just the challenge from reporters, like trying to think about these things in a, a more of a macro sense. Right. Cause this year is like, I think for a lot of people feels, like kind of just a, an in-between get through it sort of year and so I, you know it's like I don't think people want to read about this guy who's going to be on a one-year contract that maybe will play a little bit you know and has a kind of good story um so I try to I try to think more about these stories and kind of big picture what's happening now it's going to matter later uh and that's been a good kind of intellectual challenge to just kind of like force your brain to think that way I follow you. I think you're fantastic. Everyone should as well. Aaron, uh, where can people find all your stuff? Yeah, uh, just go to my Twitter at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-J Reese, R-E-I-S-S. And then you'll find all my uh, links on there. You could also just go to uh, the Google, like the Athletic Texans, and you'll find uh, the Texans page on the Athletic. And uh, my work is on there too. Until next year, have a great season. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Houston Texans. Full fade confirmed. You are now dialed in.